everybody. Welcome to uh, another joint episode, Hell of a Way to Die. And, uh, well, there's your problem. The Engineering Failure Podcast. Uh, we have Nate, we have Francis, and then we have Alice, Liam, and Justin. Um, and, and folks, because this is, this is our podcast, uh, you guys get to, to partake in the dad bands. So how's your gardens doing, guys? Uh, I wish I could have a garden. What I have is a like triangle of shared grass that somebody from the council comes and mows like once every couple of weeks. But they've been keeping up with the mowing, so you know it's quite nice. It is green still. I have uh, a tent, like a garden grow tent that I put up to try to keep the hot peppers I was growing alive so I can actually get some hot peppers before it becomes winter. And I'm 100% convinced my neighbors think I'm growing weed. Maybe I've developed the British psychosis of just being paranoid about what your neighbors are doing and or thinking. But I mean, on one hand, I feel like if I was growing weed, I would have like a taller tent. But I'm excited for the cops to raid my house and be like, no, it's literally just... It's literally just habanero peppers, and they're going to be like, "Yeah, but you bought, you got those seeds from peppers you bought. You didn't pay Monsanto. You're going to fucking jail." <laughs> I just want to see a cop like bust it, like rip open your your grow tents and do the like, "Oh, we got like you know in in TV where they always like, they, like rub cocaine the pepper, on their gums yeah. or something, right? They got to taste the pepper and then they like run screaming out the back. You put that in your eyes; it'll feel real good. Uh, my, my girlfriend's herb garden is growing delightfully. Uh, I cannot stress enough that I have no part in this simply because everything I touch dies. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to figure out how to tackle the back garden next year because this year the landlord came in when he decided to fix the deck, the crew came in and just annihilated everything back sure there. Did, bud. So the only thing that's back there now is just this gigantic pokeweed, um, and then, like, I think there's some sunflowers. So I'm like, I think next season I'll try and put something there. Good thing I didn't this season because it wouldn't be there anymore. <laughs> poor, poor tomato. I'm just, plant. I'm just imagining the British equivalent of iced tea as a police detective just being like, the kids are calling the Scotch bonnet. It gets you high and it fucking burns your nose. <laughs> it really, it really helps clear out your sinuses. We gotta, we gotta put a lockdown on this. <laughs> Well, we've got uh, we've got the uh, well. There's your problem, people on because they like to talk about engineering fails, and Nate and I lo- like to talk about military stuff, and we're going to talk about an engineering marvel, yeah. a fucking masterpiece of humanity. We could not the, find another example of the military using engineering poorly, so we had to do a good one. <laughs> yeah, well, you know the. It's 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 easy to run through and talk about, you know, the shit that we fuck up. And and this is the the great thing about this, about the the technical, uh the machine gun or uh multi-launch rocket system or anti-aircraft gun, whatever the hell it is you want to weld in the back of a pickup truck, is that these are all, you know, this is not necessarily a military, this is a civilian thing. And this is, you know, this is this is what Mad Max, this is the precursor to Mad Max. You know, Fury Road, when you've got, like, all of these, you've got the war rig, and you've got uh, Immortan Joe in some gigantic, you know, monster truck-ass uh, thing. This is the beginning of that. This is how you get there. So uh, I wanted to, so, so Nate, Nate and I uh, are the ones who have been overseas and done the military thing. Uh, Nate... You know, how many how many technicals like what kind of technicals did you run into while you were overseas? So believe it or not, I was uh, I don't think I ever saw the full authentic technical. I, I, as from I understand it, people say that these are more common in Iraq than in Afghanistan. In Afghanistan, the Taliban for sure drove around in Toyota Hiluxes, but they typically didn't have weapons mounted in them. That being said, the Afghan police had Ford Rangers with like uh bench seats in the back and they would sometimes have a pintle on the top of the cab where they would mount like uh not a obviously not a dishka not a a, a full anti-aircraft gun but um like uh was it a pkm or an rpk so you would have those periodically also uh one time we lent out some humvees and some guys tried to mount a pkm on a humvee pintle mount and jam while jamming it in fired the pkm very close to my head so if you ever wonder why i can't hear shit in my left <laughs> ear it's those guys appreciate it however i was laughing because when we talk about the fluid categorization of what counts as a technical i remember that um we one time paid an afghan contractor to come out with a vac like a uh <laughs> what the army very very politely refers to as an sst or a shit suck truck to clean out a uh, septic tank 
And someone asked, like, wonder, I wonder what happens when this guy's done with it. And sure enough, someone spotted the same truck driving to like an open field about 500 meters down the road and just blasting <laughs> all of the fucking effluent into like a field. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, when you turn the shit suck truck into like a shit blasting cannon, is that now a technical? <laughs> yes, actually, nothing else has ever been a technical. Yeah, it reminds me of the classic sign outside a small business. Pools cleaned, septic tanks drained, not same truck. Except in this case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so your your average technical is uh basically it's a civil it's a vehicle that's not created for military purposes. Now that's why you see it uh see pickup trucks used as technicals very often. But really, we can go back. Uh let's go back, go back, go back as uh as you know, right. Steve is, from Blue's Clues it, teaches us are here. Are pharaonic war carts uh, a technical? <laughs> so, so yes. So the first, the first technicals. And see, here's the thing: it, it, what came first for a technical? Was it the machine gun or the ability to uh, take something long distances on wheels? Because we've always been able to do artillery, right? The French had, you know, pulled artillery. Civil War, we pulled artillery. Artillery is just a big ass cannon. So when when does something that's artillery when when does that no longer become a technical because it's you know something for shooting long distances versus something that's like a machine gun. So the first technicals uh, according to Wikipedia and and I tend to agree with this uh th- this kind of nomenclature on it uh is the uh the tachanka which is a horse-drawn vehicle with a machine gun mounted on the back of it. Uh, this was used in, during World War One and during the Ruff, Russian Revolution uh, to such you know a uh, degree that is actually sung about in some revolutionary Russian revolutionary songs about the uh, the soot covered boy manning the machine gun on the back of the uh, the horse drawn carriage. So this is this is the beginning. You have a machine gun. You put it on a vehicle. You have a technical. Uh, and I know eventually we'll get into uh, all kinds of other hot messes, but this really is where it begins. You gotta, you, you just take a machine gun and you put it there, and then you just start gunning down the bourgeoisie, and uh, and you're good. So really, you know, it's a communist weapon, and that's why technicals are great. <laughs> I'm just laughing because it's like it has to be a motor vehicle, I think, to meet the qualification. Otherwise, horse archers are technicals. Yes, is a chariot a technical? Chariot archers are technicals. Civ Civ Five taught me that. Well, I, uh, I feel like it needs it needs to be something uh, rapid fire though. So you need some kind of guy who's really good at, at knocking the arrow real quick and getting off, you know, four or five a second. Right. Is is uh, a is a Hua a technical the like uh, multiple rocket system from China? Yes. Uh, if it is mounted onto the back of a moving vehicle of some kind, quite possibly because you can put a multi launch rocket system. In the back of a truck and call it a. a didn't they do that? The uh, so World War Two. Didn't the Soviets do that? They had the whatever the farm yeah, truck. Yeah, yeah you, there we go. I couldn't remember the name. Uh, uh, Those are technicals. Yeah, yeah, I have decided. Hey, is that's a fine. siege engine a technical? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and see, this is this is why episodes like this are important because. You know, you can uh, you can say like, look, a pickup truck with a machine gun. It's a technical. Well, of course, but then we have to we have to suss these things out. Is somebody who can shoot a arrow really fast on the back of a horse a technical? If we're going to say the tachankas are are technicals because they're horse drawn, does it have to be motorized? These are important questions, and I'm glad that we all we are all here to uh, to form the brain trust to uh, to kind of figure it out. That's right. I I yeah. think a horse counts as a motor. But I think it needs to be on wheels. Yeah, one horsepower. <laughs> All right, what, what if what if the distinction right is, is the horse-drawn cart on rails? Ooh. What, what what if the distinction is a technical is like a civilian vehicle, including a horse, adapted to have a weapon, but the weapon isn't like a personal weapon; it's like a crew-served weapon. Yeah, because well, and and that does. If you have a pickup truck and you throw four guys with AK forty sevens in the back of it and have them hang off the end and shoot, that's not technical. That's just a, a way to. That's just a, a personnel carrier at that point. It's not really a technical until you have a crew serve until you have some sort of large machine rapid fire or above. Um, and and it has to be mounted as well. You can't just have you know a guy in the bed of a truck with an RPG or a Stinger missile. 
that's that's just getting from point A to point B. Until it's actually until like somebody in like a Syrian workshop like you know bubble welds the shit in the back of a truck with a bunch of like crossbars and everything that you constantly trip over. That's not it's not a technical until then. But I would argue that if you welded an AK-47 to uh, <laughs> makeshift pintle on a pickup truck, it's a technical. Yeah. Well, and there and therein lies another distinction. The M249 machine gun is a 5.56 machine gun that does do full fi- full auto fire, but it is considered a personal weapon. But it can be mounted to a pintle mount. So if you have a two four uh, a two four nine, I mean, obviously the two forty Bravo, the M60, yes, those are big machine guns. You need a tripod. But if you can if you can shoulder a weapon and and rapid fire it, would adding that to a pintle mount turn it into a uh, into a technical? Um, Does that also mean that a CH forty seven, which is a cargo helicopter with a two forty Charlie mounted on the back of it, which they do, is now an air technical? <laughs> well, and then we're we're gonna have to you know technicals have to be on the ground as well. What about they what about something unarmed, that's on the ground? What about an unarmed helicopter sling loading a Humvee? Is that a technical? <laughs> with with the two forty Bravo on top of it and one yeah. crazy dude just in it screaming <laughs> and shooting down. That's what air cavalry is. I've been meaning to ask. <laughs> yes. I mean, air cavalry would whip way more ass if that's how they went about things, for sure. Yeah, why put a why? You know, as we saw with the Osprey, and also uh, uh, a shout back to the Osprey uh, episode. Um, I had somebody who actually flew them who contacted me and was like, "Oh yeah, that Osprey. Like, not only did it kill people, but also people hated it so much they decided to stop being pilots. They hated it so much. Um, <laughs> which, like, if you meet pilots, pilots love nothing more than being pilots and talking about how they're pilots. And he's like, "Yeah, we had half of a class like quit because they just fucking hated the Osprey so much, and the military wasn't going to let them fly anything else." I'm a conscious objector, but only for the Osprey. <laughs> So, uh, you know, mo- moving forward, the, the technicals are, you know, w- how we see them depicted are, are going to be, you know, machine guns in the back of a Toyota pickup truck of some kind. But really, you know, it's, it's anything that you can, any kind of civilian vehicle that you can find and you can bolt a, uh, a, a crew serve or, you know, some kind of uh, uh, artillery, you know, not necessarily artillery, but, you know, if you put a mortar tube in the back of a, a in the back of one of these things, it's considered a technical, which which we ran into a lot in Iraq. Man, people love to you know zoom in, shoot some mortars ineffectively, and then zoom out and make us all be awake for an hour and a half. Uh, so fuck those guys. Also an I- also them. an IRA classic. Like they almost uh, blew up Ten Downing Street with one of those with a van with a hole cut in the roof with a mortar in the back. Oh my god! I had no idea. Yeah, they, they yeah, missed... That's weight savings. That's 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 important. I never did that with my van, and I feel like I missed an the opportunity. Thing is, they, they missed the cabinet room by like thirty feet, so you know, got uncomfortably close with that. I saw one of those uh, time machine guy memes, and and the one was uh, aimed thirty <laughs> feet yeah, lower. Yeah. And I was, <laughs> two guys in balaclavas. And I was just like, ah, oh, ah, oh, if only, if only. This is a complete derail, but I thought you would appreciate this on the same vein that there was uh, somehow someone misquoted Margaret Thatcher and made an inspirational quote meme where it was supposedly Margaret Thatcher saying, we only have to be lucky once, you have to be lucky all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that. I saw one said that they were just they were just like, did she say this? And I was like, no. All right. Let's talk about the IRA campaign during the Thatcherite era. It just started sending walls of text. Oh my god. <laughs> well, it is an inspirational quote, I will say that. <laughs> Inspires you to look at a set of blueprints before you show up with your uh uh with your your technical. Figure out where you're shooting at first. Why is it called a technical, by the way? We never addressed that. So, yeah, so there's there's a couple of uh there, there's a couple of places where this comes from. Um the main in the book that I uh have um, the there, they say that the technical comes from in uh, during in in the UN basically. So the UN, when they would be in these you know various uh, civil warring countries and whatnot, uh, they would wish to hire some local warlords or local you know militias to say, hey, we're going to be out and about. We need some kind of protection so we don't get our shit pushed in by everybody else out here who has a gun. Now they say. That uh, technically the UN, 
legally was not allowed to hire uh, hire these people. So it's basically a paperwork thing because they couldn't write down on the invoice, we hired such and such local militia. We hired technical advisors. Huh. And these technical advisors happened to show up with pickup trucks and Dishka machine guns. So, so the word technical comes from, you know, go figure fucking paperwork. Paperwork and tax tax purposes. We uh we have we have the technical. And Yet another really, case of hardworking employers getting shafted into the independent contractor designation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You, it's hard to form a, a union if you're just considered an independent contractor who can be hired and fired at will. The, just the next dimension of Uber is a guy who shows up in a Hilux with a douchka. Once again, who says the government doesn't drive innovation? <laughs> <laughs> Literally in this case, although to be fair, I would I would pay good money if I if I could uh, have a, a rideshare option where the guy will literally blast through traffic with like just an M2 mounted on the back, and it would be especially fun if he was just like, all right, you got to get there, you got to get back there. Here's your helmet. Like, good luck. Just envisioning an armed gondola in Switzerland, you know, or in, in Italy, it's it's meant to shoot any low flying American cargo jets out of the sky, <laughs> and it's like, well, just a gondola, technical. I mean, it's, it's... you put yeah, just mount a forward uh, a forward machine gun that cannot move left, right, up, or down on the front of uh, the roller coaster, and just <laughs> let, let look. You get one chance. You get one chance, and three minutes later, you'll come back around, and that's it. That's 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 the fun of being in the front of the uh, the roller coaster. Is not only do you get to see everything, but also you get to see if you can beat the high score. <laughs> is a PT boat a technical? Just gonna... No, PT boat's a boat. No. What if it's on a trailer? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, yes, this is then my an argument land can be made. All right, so uh, you know, we'll, we'll let's before we get into all of our different um, our different people who love to do technicals. I guess one question is why a technical? Um, uh, Nate, how hard is it to drive any fucking military vehicle? Uh, it's a nightmare. I mean, for one, it's not just the knowing how to do it correctly. I think there's two things. The point number one. Uh, they are clunky and hard to drive. Their visibility is not great. People who are familiar with driving cars are still going to have a hard time driving a military vehicle. Even something like a SUSV, which a sustainment vehicle, which is literally it's like a it looks like a Bearcat used for ski resorts. Even things like that that are small, it's just it's different and it's not intuitive. But I think the biggest thing about technicals, if I were to hazard a guess, is why why are they popular? Well, because it's easy to get replacement parts for them. If you have a military vehicle, like keeping it up and running may not be easy in a war zone that when you don't have the entire US Army, you know, fucking 30 times inflated, grifting defense contractor supply chain behind you. If you have a Toyota Hilux, like not only are they pretty reliable as is, but getting replacement parts is not hard if, you know, you're just running off a civilian vehicle. Like ISIS captured a bunch of Humvees, right, from the Iraqi army and then just kind of never used them, right? They did turn them into SV bits, but I don't think they really use them as attack vehicles. Well, and, and, you know, this, therein lies exactly. It's not only is it easy to source parts for them, uh, it's easy to find them. It's easy to get a hold of them because it's just a pickup truck. It can be any pickup truck. It doesn't have to be a Toyota. It can be a Dodge or whatever you have lying around. And also, you can teach any dipshit to drive a truck. Um, much like we teach any dipshit how to pull the trigger of a gun, if you can reach the pedals, you can be a driver for you know some machine gunning hooligan in the back seat. So you know they're they're great to have because they're easy to get a hold of. And when you're doing some kind of you know a, a as they call asymmetrical warfare, which is when you have two opposing forces that are not necessarily on the same technological, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're not on the same level. You know, U.S. versus Afghanistan, U.S. versus Iraq is kind of uh, kind of like that. You have these uh, us who has all of these, you know, fancy planes and, and you know, lasers and guns that do all kinds of cool fun stuff and then you've got like a bunch of guys who are a little hungry and they've got flip-flops and they've got some rusty soviet machine guns and you know somehow they're beating us uh because we're just absolutely terrible at uh at asymmetrical warfare so the uh the the pickup truck really starts to see its uh usage in uh libya uh because again they're very easy to get a hold of and you know we we'll we'll go ahead and dovetail directly into the great Toyota war which was Libya versus Chad. Uh so in the 70s the Libya, Libya decided... versus the Chad Chad. 
it was <laughs> it, it was it was pretty incredible and there's a lot of you know people want to say that the it's the Toyota technical that really did it but like a Toyota a, a fleet of technicals against like an actual armored column the technicals are are going to get fucking hosed in in a heartbeat but they were fighting Libyans which uh, you know, historically, not very good at fighting. You know, in for for themselves. Uh, however, the Chad the Chadians, Chadanians, uh, also not really great at fighting either. Didn't have a whole lot of resources, and Libya was basically taking over uh parts of Chad. They were doing this because, of course, there was some kind of election. Muammar Gaddafi was like, "Fuck all that noise." Uh, he put on a second pair of aviator glasses <laughs> and decided to to start. A second pair of aviator glasses and about 17 more medals onto his chest yeah. and decided to start awarding, pushing in chat. Awarding myself another six Igiets for taking the Ozu strip. <laughs> exactly. So, of course, Momar Gaddafi starts to push into Chad. Uh, Chad is getting their shit pushed in. Uh, America comes to Chad and says, what do you guys want? Can we give you some armored stuff? Can we give you these things? And Chad said, no, fuck that. Give us a bunch of uh, pickup trucks. We can drive that. So once Chad has the pickup trucks, they start mounting everything into the back of it, uh, and they just go at the fucking armored columns. Uh, and this is not just machine guns. You've got your recoilless rifles, which is uh, these gigantic, they look like big-ass tubes in the back of, uh, uh, of, the, of the trucks. Usually, uh, because of the size of them, you have to cut the entire cab off of it, and the... Uh, the recoilless rifle will be bolted in the back and then also riding bitch up front. So you and your buddy be standing with this giant tube in, uh, in between the two of you as you're, uh, as you're blasting grateful dead across, uh, <laughs> across the country. <laughs> and then once you, uh, once they get there, they just start blowing the shit out of the, uh, the Libyan armor, mostly because the Libyans weren't a very good fighting force because Muammar Gaddafi was constantly worried about uh, a coup attempt that he didn't have like a formalized military. It was just like, if I have a shitty military, they'll never boot me out of power. But also if you have a shitty military, as soon as you come across anybody who knows what they're doing in a fighting situation, you're also going to get fucked. So Chad took back what was theirs, pushed the Libyans out uh, using just a bunch of pickup trucks. And this is the the great Toyota War in uh, 1978. Please look it up and uh, and really dig into it because this is the first. This is really the first time that we see fleets of technicals uh, being used to t- to to kick back a uh, opposition forces. Because also not only not only is the technicals you know uh, easy to maintain, easy to get from point A to point B, but you can drive a truck you know forever. And you can move it faster. You can get around these uh, these armored trucks because, again, they didn't really know what the fuck they were doing with these uh, with all this armor. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting that it's always deserts that it's best suited to. Like the Toyota War is in like straight across the middle of the Sahara, basically, and you just have all of this space to play with. Same with ISIS moving into Iraq. Uh, same with like the SAS in, in World War II, just deciding to, like, raid uh, Axis airfields cross-desert by, like, bolting a bunch of guns to Land Rovers. It works really well when you have a lot of flat, open space to just drive around in circles. Well, I mean, what's a technical going to do in, you know, the jungles? You're not going to... Look, when, when you're... When Ronald Reagan was selling guns to uh, the death squads in South America... You know, South America is not very conducive to Toyota Technicals. However, if it was a desert, I'm sure we would have sent a lot of pickup trucks down there just saying, look how good it did for the chat for in Chad. Let's send them on down there. And well, uh, I let mean, the we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Try to get through the fold of gap with just like your sad Toyota Hilux. <laughs> like it'll get there. It'll get there. Put it on a boat. So, yeah. So we've got this, uh, you know, this this fantastic, you know, this new uh, world opening up to us. And I will say also a fun fact. So this is, you know, the Libyans also, you know, obviously uh, shit is still all kind of fucked up in Libya, has been for a long time. In 2014, uh, there were, the Libyan forces uh, started using their own versions of technicals, but they weren't necessarily Toyotas. They weren't, they weren't really trucks. That, they weren't trucks that you can get in America. Uh, this is because, you know, you can't actually get these trucks legally in Afghanistan. You can't get them in Libya, places like this. Obviously, Toyota doesn't want to be uh, that. They, they just don't want to be associated with uh, this. Is what a bunch of 
no. Houthi rebels some, are using some to... live leak with like your company name across the tailgate of a truck with a, like a gun on it. It is not a great look. You know, yeah. shout out to Mark's Plumbing, uh, taking care of the pipes and the, the septic <laughs> systems in Libya. Yeah, but there is in 2014, a lot of these Libyan trucks that were being used were coming from a Chinese knockoff manufacturing. Go figure. Uh, the Chinese you know, doing a, uh, knockoff trucks now. And the company liked the, the visual of them being used by the Libyans with machine guns in the back so much that they created an ad campaign around it called stronger than war in which they just showcase all of the Lib- Look how good our trucks do <laughs> when you put a, when you put an MLRS in the back of it and you shoot 17 rockets at, at a hind, look how strong oh, it I is. Wanna- I wanted to throw this in there because the same thing happened in the immediate aftermath of the U.S. invasion of Afghanistan, in which, you know, as reporting was showing the U.S. and fighting the Taliban and so on, uh, you know, one thing people really started to notice when they suddenly started paying attention to Afghanistan was the preponderance of Toyota and Datsun trucks used by the Taliban. And this became a point that Toyota actually felt obligated to respond uh, they basically said, and I'm reading from an article from 2001, any Toyota products presently in the country have probably arrived from neighboring countries via unofficial channels. Uh, the reporter comments that is they were smuggled. Um, Toyota does not have a sales or distribution channel in Afghanistan, and we not, do not export vehicles to that country. However, this paragraph is what I love. Somewhat less laconic was Wade Hoyt, Toyota's spokesman in New York, who put the best corporate spin on the, the situation this week. Quote, it is not our proudest p- product placement, he said, quote, but it shows that the Taliban are looking for the same qualities as any other truck buyer, <laughs> durability and reliability. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's an untapped market, man. That's a, that- and that to me is like, hey, what, you, what, what can you say? The Taliban want trucks that are fucking reliable. You don't see them driving, you know, Dodge Rams out there when they have a Hilux. It's just not happening. You know, it, you, you just have one of those like uh, those wacky waving uh Two people, but it's like all black, and it's got the ISIS flag on the on the stomach. <laughs> of like, Come on down, come on down to uh to you know Akbar's uh crazy house and Toyota Emporium. Sir Sirajuddin Hakani's got Christmas in July sales. Wait, what the fuck is Christmas? <laughs> Our deals are so good, you'll think they're haram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic, man! I I love I love anybody that manages to take something like that uh, that, that kind of be and... entrepreneurial spirit, man. They got a lot, a lot of know? these trucks over the border on mules, like. Nation building yeah. works. Nation building works. <laughs> you just disassemble the truck in Pakistan, load it onto a bunch of mules. So, like, there's a mule with a door on each side, ride them across the border, and then you have a truck again. Yeah. I mean, I, when I was in Afghanistan, we, because the US, mil- no chicken tax. the US military wasn't allowed to buy civilian vehicles, we had to lease them, and we were leasing them for, they were used, like, we're saying, like, 10, 15 year old trucks, like uh, Nissan Pathfinders or um, Toyota Land Cruisers or Hiluxes, and they were paying $2,500, $3,000, dollars a month to lease these vehicles. Literally, they weren't buying them, they were leasing them from, like, an, like a contractor in Kabul or something like that. And I remember driving this absolute ashtray piece of shit Land Cruiser around a base one time that randomly had like two or three it has CD player and their CDs were uh, Nasheed 1 Autotune Nasheed 2 and The Beach Boys Greatest Hits <laughs> that's the real winner of the war in Afghanistan is the contractor who like leases you the trucks yeah exactly I mean you think about that the guy was getting like $30,000 a year per vehicle that he would be allowed to take back those vehicles weren't leaving the fob they were only being allowed to drive around on a secure base and he got to hand off some great Beach Boys yeah. tunes you know changed I, my life man I, I really appreciated God Only Knows after that I only and see this is I really want to make a war movie now and the only soundtrack to it is Pet Shop Sounds <laughs> that's it it's just like what what can i buy the can i buy the soundtrack yeah it's called pet shop sounds it came out that sounds pet sounds we say pet shop sounds i thought it's like all weird beach boys pet just shop just boys west end girl as you're driving around just, yeah. Seen, <laughs> awesome. yeah west end girls with like a five-part harmony apocalypse now but it's surfing usa <laughs> I mean, I swear to god that was my experience i remember driving around fob serrano for the first time listening to um 
uh, it wasn't surfing USA. It was California girls driving <laughs> past the burn pit where people were dressed up like ninjas in sandals, just dumping gasoline on toxic waste. And I was just like, I live in a shitty war movie from this the future. This is why Three Kings <laughs> is the best war movie ever made. <laughs> yeah, yes. we really we need to get around to watching Three Kings. So we've got our, uh, you know, we've we've got the Toyota, the great Toyota war. Uh, and now technicals are starting to really be used by uh, not just, you know, small Mideastern and sub-Saharan governments, but also warlords. Uh, they are seen as a prestige thing. The more technicals you have, the more warlord you are. Uh, that's just how it works. You know, there's not a lot of things that you can have that show your power other than a fleet of pickup trucks. Yeah, well, it used you know, to be it used to be horses or cattle, right? And now it's this. Exactly. You have a bunch of like look how many you want to you want to challenge my power. I have, you know, 300 Toyota Hiluxes with uh various armaments on them ready to go against you. Come come at me, bro. Uh but, you know, in in Warlord. Hmm. Of course, the Sinsu brain genius thing is just Yes, but also, if the Americans invade, I can take all of the weapons off of these and start renting them to them. Exactly. You can take, and that's that's <laughs> yes. the beauty of these things is you can take, you know, ah, uh, that's a that's a military vehicle. I know a military vehicle, and therefore I can destroy it. But as soon as you like take a burlap sack and cover up the the pencil mount and put up a bunch of like oh bags of rice around it, uh, how do you know? Now now you're now you're doing a war crime. As soon as that machine gun is taken off of the back of that and it's used to transport anything other than, you know, military supplies or military people, destroying it then becomes a war crime. So fun times in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. As we know, Americans hate doing war crimes. Uh, we never do it. <laughs> have never done it. We'll never do it. Uh, let's jump to Somalia uh, and let's jump to Black Hawk Down, uh, the Battle of the Black Sea, Somalia. Yeah, you know, this is this is the Horn of Africa. This is there's a lot going on. Um, I'm not going to get into the politics of it, but if you have seen Black Hawk Down, or if you have not, if you have seen it, you'll you'll see the technicals being used in it quite a bit. There's a lot of pickup trucks with a lot of machine guns used all over that place. However, I remember Mark Do Mark Bowden's book was the first time I. I mean, I'm obviously too young to have any memory of the stuff in the 70s and 80s, obviously. But Mark Bowden's book was the first time I had heard the term technical used to refer to that kind of a vehicle. And I feel like I, I can't remember if they used the term in the film, but I definitely recall that once that sort of was established as like Somali warlord gun truck, that that's how that 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 term entered into sort of mill spec parlance, if you will. Exactly. So the despite what you see in the movie, though, not a whole lot of technicals were used in uh, used by the warlords in Somalia. Uh, especially during the actual fighting. Because, as it turns out, as I said earlier, when you take a technical against like an actual somewhat competent military that has equipment and it knows how to use that equipment, you get your shit fucked up by cobras constantly if you if you show up. And and also, you know, if you come in with, you know, a machine gun or anything on the back of your, your pickup truck and you've already shot at one Black Hawk helicopter, uh, every one of them is going to get completely destroyed. So... Not a whole, despite the movie, uh, and and the book, the book that I read does say like during the Mogadishu Mile, uh, which is when the Americans basically just had to run back to the base because they got fucked up so bad they lost all their vehicles and they could only they had to they literally just had to run back to base away from the warlords. Uh, they some of the technicals came out because they realized, hey, we you know we can do kind of a show of force now, but they didn't have them out there during the actual uh, the actual campaigns. Which is going to be an important uh, side note to come up with, but also, you know, in around in in this area is also when you uh, you start to see it. Uh, you they, they they start to be used more and more by everybody. So every warlord has a technical, and you start to see them get really decorated uh, because obviously, if there's a bunch of pickup trucks out there, you want to know who you're shooting at. So rather than you know that's a Humvee versus a Russian, I don't know BMP or some shit like that. You've just got you know your painted up technicals, your your as we call them jingle trucks in Afghanistan, but you do it to a pickup truck. Um, by jingle truck, it means you just hang a whole bunch of fancy shit off of it, and it jingles everywhere it goes. They're great. <laughs> now let's uh, we'll, we'll we'll also discuss Chechnya really quick because uh, after the fall of the Soviet Union. 
Uh, the Russians decided to go and try to fuck up Chechnya. Yeah, what because- if we use nineteen the the finest Soviet shock armor doctrine of the nineteen eighties against a bunch of tower blocks? Nothing will go wrong with this. You know, you would think that getting fucked up by Afghans in ta- in in cave systems would teach a few things to the Soviets, mm-hmm. but uh, it didn't. They didn't learn anything, and maybe you know it's like, well, now we're Russians, we're not Soviets anymore. It's going to be different. I kind it of blame wasn't. conscription, right? <laughs> the beauty is in never learning. The beauty is in never <laughs> no, learning. No, it's just like all of the all of the like Soviet troops who had been in Afghanistan had either aged out or at the top of this like pyramid of ritual hazing so high that they didn't give a shit, and so like it was just down to like a bunch of a bunch of kids to get owned. You know there. Capital. The people who love capitalism and hate communists love to point out the Soviet Union as why communism fails, and they they'll post like you know pictures of breadlines or they'll post pictures of like shitty apartments. It's like the real argument that you should be trying to make is like how fucking owned their their military got constantly and without end. Like, look, I, I get it. The if not for the Soviets, we would have you know we wouldn't have won World War Two. But also, they lost twenty million people, and that didn't actually have to happen. Uh, if you know there was any kind of you know planning and training and you know build up of things rather than a bunch of like shitty old Soviets constantly doing power grabs at one another. Like that robot is the problem. Yeah. I, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna develop some of the finest theoreticians of armored warfare of the 20th century and then shoot all of them in the back of the fucking head <laughs> the, year, <laughs> the year before the Nazis. <laughs> it's fantastic, yeah. you know. Take gun, shoot Nazi. Yeah. When man with Training rifle over. is shot. Not me, not me, not me. I, I said Nazi, not me, as you're sprinting away. Don't worry, eventually he'll get shot, and then you get to pick up the gun and keep charging. Mm. Uh, as we all learned in the movie, uh, the historical documentary, Enemy at the Gates. Uh, Chechnya is important because Chechnya is when the Chechnyans were putting, uh, as we call it, hillbilly armor onto their, the technicals. They're finding out that, like, Maybe catching, you know, a bullet or two to a gas tank or to the tires is just, you know, not optimal. Um, you can, you know, a, a pickup truck is great, but you can disable it very easily with, uh, you know, just shooting the engine block out. Uh, I don't know if you could do it with an AK-47, but certainly something a little bit bigger. You can disable a uh, a pickup I truck. I mean, also, it, it, one of the things that's helpful is that uh, war zones tend to be the world's biggest repository of scrap metal. Uh, so you can just like get a machine shop wherever and just start welding shit on at random. Uh, yeah, we we did that in Afghanistan in 2004. Hmm. Um, I drove around a whole lot in soft top Humvees that had no doors on them. Uh, it was basically a canvas canvas top, and leaning out the side of it, uh, just hoping for the best. Now, 2004 in Afghanistan was not really IED height, so we didn't we weren't too concerned about IEDs. Uh, however, still kind of fucked up. And the people who did have to go out and do, you know, real, uh, real live, you know, combat missions, either did it, either they would do hillbilly armor or they would just put fake armor on it and hope that they wouldn't get shot at because the uh, insurgents would say, oh, well, that'll just be a waste of bullets. Well, that's so grim shoot. just to have the like yeah. fake CCTV camera from a 7-Eleven equivalent. Exactly. Basically, it, it's the it's the active combat zone version of the uh, the detector vans for your license fee for the BBC. <laughs> that's actually a guy in the back of the van turning a hand crank to make a satellite dish go around. <laughs> Which also might be a technical. Just saying. Yeah, it's a, it's it's uh, a psyops technical. It's it's using like a, a psychological weapon on you. If that's a technical, then the bluesmobile is a technical. <laughs> I'm trying to think if you an ice cream van is not a technical unless you're throwing ice cream to people in which case it is a technical. Well, what if what about if the ice cream is poisoned? Well, <laughs> the ice cream man also drives the truck though. You need if if there's yeah, two you people need a two, in the ice cream another truck. guy in the back. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. got one guy's got to actually also scoop out the ice cream though. Crew serve, soft serve, <laughs> just fucking blasting. Yes. <laughs> so actually an ice cream truck is not a technical, but a food truck is. <laughs> is a fire truck a technical? Yes, because you can shoot yeah. water off of them with the like uh the the tender thing. 
Look, uh, an ice cream truck becomes a technical if the guy selling the ice cream encourages a kid to eat it too fast so that they get a brain freeze. <laughs> <laughs> as I'd long say, as there is some sort of malicious intent, uh, then it becomes a it becomes a technical. I don't think a fire truck is a technical because it's purpose built. Right, that's true. Uh, but yeah. a, a vo- when I was back home in Indiana, the last time I saw a kid on the road with a Volkswagen, a diesel Passat that he had, uh, he had rigged up a big fucking smokestack through the front hood of the car, uh, so he could roll coal in a Passat, <laughs> and that's not what the car is intended for, and that's technically an obscuration device. So that is technical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rolling coal in a Passat to destroy the rest of the world slowly and surely with uh, with greenhouse <laughs> gases. That's a technical. I get, and I mean, if that's if that's it, considering the military is the largest polluter in the world, I guess every vehicle we have is a technical. It's not purpose built to do uh, to do greenhouse gases, mm. but it's just a so byproduct. long as it has more than one guy. Yes, <laughs> exactly. There's got to be at least an, one additional guy to run the fucking pollution machine, yeah. and then it's a technical. A, F- a Ford Fusion with an officer in it is not a technical, but with two officers in it, that's a technical. <laughs> as long as one of the as long as one of the officers is leaning out with a pistol. <laughs> I remember reading a book about the Italian campaign in World War II, and there was the, uh, one of the U.S. Army's improvised approaches to mine clearing on roads was to take a jeep with a private on the hood and holding a fucking forty-five caliber pistol and just shooting anything that looked funny in the middle of the road, and that is a technical. <laughs> that's 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 better than the uh, the Soviet um, Air Corps, where instead of being inside of the airplane, you have a parachute and you just hang on the wings and then slide off the wings. <laughs> Hey man, you know what? There's a lot it's of all good. How do you find that private though? There's there's my question. Who wants to be the guy who is strapped to the front of a thing? Because if it goes off, you're catching it full face. Who is like, the least popular soldier in that unit? <laughs> who's it's your the... least useful guy? It's like fuck, he can't even shoot straight. God damn, we need to we need somebody who's useless but can also hit a target with a forty five. Is the airport pushback truck? while pushing a military aircraft backwards, a technical. <laughs> only, if, only if the, the military aircraft can engage targets while it's on the ground. <laughs> but if an, air, if an airport security cop with a gun is on that vehicle, then it's a technical. If there's an air marshal on the airplane, then the airplane becomes a technical. <laughs> put, put, just, I so badly want machine gun. to mount a machine gun on the stairs, the like mobile stairs that they have. <laughs> no, put, put it on the baggage train. Put one machine gun on each cart. That is a technical. That is a technical. Those fun whatever jet washing vehicles oh, yeah. is just like it cleans your plane and blows it up. This is a oh, yeah, the icing truck. Definitely a technical. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Whatever those weird fucking uh, jet de-icers the the Soviet slash Russians built, and then there's just like one machine gun. Oh, yeah, they, out they, they on put top. like a it's they put a like a jet now. engine backwards on uh, like a tank chassis, and it was just like, yeah, we'll just drive up to your plane and like blast it with this thing. And there's no ice anymore. Oh shit! The railroads do that. Uh, they have like jet snow clearing cars. Yeah, technicals. That's a technical. Yeah. I, I, I always have to hand it to the Russians for, you know, they weren't efficient, but if somebody had an idea, they just went with it <laughs> and just like, yeah, fucking give that guy money. Put a put a jet engine on a thing. Jet engine, the ice off of an airplane. Done. Cool. See if it works. Oh, it didn't? That was a terrible idea and we should have thought about it for a couple seconds first? Ah, fuck it. <laughs> is what do we ro- have now? We have a new technical. Done. Is a rotary snowplow a technical? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you're using the rotary snowplow to blast someone with snow and ruin their day, then it's a technical. Is a Zamboni a technical? <laughs> what would be like that's, the most? That's, imp- how you, that's how you call them the crowds at the Flyers games. Just yeah, wait. Grit. What if you call them the T-shirt what if you cannon? <laughs> is a technical. The T-shirt cannon makes it a technical. I yeah, was going to say T-shirt cannon is a technical. That's a technical. The thing, the thing that's disappointing about T-shirt cannons because I looked into buying one at <laughs> one point just you know to have one, like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that thanks patron thanks Patreons. Uh they are expensive. Yeah, you you need an NFA stamp for it. you need a what? Oh, to, like because it's a machine gun. It's like 
Yeah, you have to get a special stamp because it's a machine gun. Yeah. You can only get yeah, t-shirt cannons yeah. manufactured before 1983. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, it has to be a pump action or a bolt action t-shirt cannon. <laughs> oh, that would suck. I'm, I'm, I'm out here, sadly, driving around my neighborhood with my with my t-shirt cannon trailer. <laughs> Just one t-shirt then again, every 35 it, if we're back seconds. back to Enemy of the Gates, imagine Vasily Zaitsev with like a bolt action t-shirt cannon. Just a Nazi just catches a rolled T-shirt in the forehead. I think uh, I think uh, a T-shirt cannon on a trailer is Igor Summer Picnic, nineteen uh, artillery. That's not a technical. Wait, is it indirect fire or because like most of the time you can see your target, you're not like arcing it, right? Well, you are trying. You're shooting in a general direction, mm. and somebody there will get it. If you shoot an artillery piece with a direct, as a direct fire weapon off a vehicle, I think that's a technical. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's a little bit, it's, it becomes self-propelled artillery if it's being fired, you know, like you said, up to arc it, which makes the mortar thing a little, little oh, dodgy. Yeah. Right. But yeah, if you've got, a, if you've got a, a, like a howitzer and you're firing it as a direct fire weapon, then 100% technical. Is, is a yeah, gun French, truck a technical? If it's, if it's made to be a gun truck, it's not a technical. If you, if you're using, if you're using something as it should be used, like the snowblower, if you're blowing snow with it, it's not a technical. Yeah, but now, like, if you mount a machine gun to it and shoot the snow ahead of you and then snow blow it, then it becomes a technical. But, like, they didn't issue five-ton trucks in Vietnam with the, the pencils, right? That was a field modification, which makes it a technical. Yeah, the whole thing with air guard, stupid niche thing, but I just remember this from fucking ranger school. Uh, yeah, when you drive around an old army deuce and a half, like they have welded a pencil to the top of them and someone has to be on there with a 249 up to basically be notional air guard in case you get strafed by, uh, yeah, I, I, helicopters. Pl- I mean, not that the NVA had that shit, but apparently that's just a doctrinal thing that, you know, a, a, a troop truck should have at least somebody watching ahead of them. But like, that's not, them reacting to shit on the ground that's it was specifically flagged as air guard so that's not a really standard practice anymore so yeah i think that counts as a technical yeah i think even a a humvee a humvee turret you could argue is a technical it's become it's been absorbed into the the doctrinal practice but i don't really think the original humvees had turrets no they they there are definitely modifications that are made but if a if it rolls off the manufacturing line with a turret built into it it's not uh, yeah, technical now if you if uh enterprising soldiers take a circular saw and cut a hole and have some guy popped out with a machine gun then you got a technical it all it all yeah. comes down to what kind of modification do you have to do you as the the person driving it have to make and you know that's why now our lmtvs which is what we use instead of uh deuce and a half they all have uh, turrets on them they're troop transport and they're they're transport vehicles you can throw troops or supplies into them but they always have a you know uh, a turret a turret mount up on the front and a pencil mount and it's made to uh you know take care you know uh address enemies in the sky and on the ground i have i have a, i have a notional definition here i think we can boil this down if attaching the weapon to it violates the warranty it's a technical <laughs> <laughs> well that makes sense because yeah a cop on a segway wouldn't be a technical because <laughs> cops allowed to have a gun and ride a segway but the guy from twisted metal who's just like riding like what looks like a like a, a nordic track between two enormous wheels that probably wasn't intended to be armed and so that makes it a technical that man i can't remember the backstory for axel i used to play a lot of twisted metal but i think it was his choice to be that way so uh, it does turn him into a technical, but as we said, a technical has to have two people. So I don't know. Does it? If, a, uh, if he's giving a guy piggyback one... ride, then he's a technical. <laughs> if he's, if there's a master blaster situation going <laughs> yeah, on, yeah, you exactly. get like a, a little uh, like a short person with a with a uh, a nine mil, just put him on the shoulder and be like, yeah, <laughs> now we're a technical. But that 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 also sort of implies that every Dominican and Jamaican sound system truck is a technical. <laughs> <laughs> Those Japanese I mean, political like, advertising trucks, the propaganda <laughs> ones, those are technicals. That's why the Doof Warrior, uh, who's playing the flame guitar in Mad Max Fury Road, is also a technical. I mean, he's got a <laughs> flamethrower, so it's it's built it's built specific. You know, it's built out of parts, a bunch of things put together with a gigantic you know uh, sound speaker to get everybody pumped up, and then also you know if somebody tries to fuck with the Doof, 
He'll just flamethrower you with uh, with his whammy bar. I feel like the real question in Mad Max is, are any of those vehicles not technicals? Well, and that's, that's a good question. Yeah, the we we'd have to go back to the manufacturing line uh, to see if what they're pulling off was built as is, or if all of it has been welded together, which I think all of it is. Like, I think everything that you see there is some kind of warranty violation. So <laughs> we're going to go by Alice's standard, which I think is a good one. Uh, all of those, you know, are technically technicals. So uh, let's technically be technical. Yeah. Let's uh, go into our modern warfare, uh, our Afghanistan uh, and our Iraq. Uh, as we said, Afghanistan, they had to basically smuggle technicals on the backs of donkeys. Uh, let's see you do that with a with a Russian BMP. You know, you can you can break a truck down apparently and and drag it across the. Uh, Francis, I don't mean to jump in on a fact check, but where were you getting the thing about the smuggling? Because to me, it's like, I mean, they were smuggled in the sense that they probably were resold from Pakistan. But I mean, you could you could drive from Pakistan to Afghanistan, even when the Taliban controlled the country. You just had to convince the you know 16 year olds guarding the fucking border that you were allowed in. And so in that regard, like, I think you could you could easily buy a truck in in India or Pakistan or, uh, you know, in in what's it called? Um like the Central Asian countries in the north, like Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, and then resell them in Afghanistan. It's just that Toyota doesn't have like, you know, you know, there wasn't like Bob Ford's Toyota dealership in Kabul. <laughs> oh, this reminds me. This reminds me of uh, our trash future tie-in, which is that one of the guys, one of the mercenaries on the Equatorial Guinea coup is notionally operating a Toyota dealership in Yemen right now. <laughs> That's uh, right, yeah. Far Eastern Motors. Uh, <laughs> so Francis, so was that something that you found in a story that, that they actually literally like smuggled them in on disassembled or like inside vehicles, inside boxcars? Yes. Or um the, and and there are as you said, you can, you know, a lot of times drive them in, but even if you have, you know, te- the uh the, the Taliban watching things, you're probably going to get your stuff taken by the Taliban. You know, we're, we're talking about Afghanistan in the 90s where there's mostly warlords running everything. The centralized government yeah. was notional at best. Uh, there was one. They controlled Kabul, and that was about it. And so, then the Taliban not only took over Kabul, but then killed the guy who was in charge of the government by hanging him from a tank barrel. Mm. So needless to say, uh, things were not normal. So, so some were, but yes, as you said, you could also just drive them on in. Now, uh, Nate, you're aware of the Kyber Pass? Yeah. Okay, so the Kyber Pass is uh, one of the ways, it's kind of a cut through a mountain, through the mountains to get from Afghanistan into Pakistan. Have you ever- Basically, it's from the road from Peshawar to Jalalabad, I think. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. Correct. And I spent a lot of time in Jalalabad while I was there, and we went to, uh, we went to the Torkham Gate. Uh, outside of the Torkham Gate is, you know, and you remember, do you remember, maybe maybe this was just me, but every little small village in Afghanistan seemed to have a theme for the things you bought there. Um, <laughs> it, it always was, like, for some reason, like, this is the village you go where, like, you'll always get, you know, fresh cut sugar cane for some reason. There's, like, a million stalls that sells it yeah. because that's what everybody just has here. The place outside the Torkham Gate, it was all vehicle parts. It was all like, and I mean like fully built engines just sitting on the ground being like, you want an engine? You, I'll sell you an engine. You want some struts? You want some parts? I love the, I love the village pick and pull. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just like go, going there being like, oh, I could use some parts for my 1978 Corvette. Thank you. Yeah, it's just, you know, a long day running errands, driving to Melon Town and then Cigarette Town and then Washing Machine Alternator Town. What, what I'm learning here is that small towns in Afghanistan work on the same principles as planets in Star Trek. They just have a thing that they do. Welcome to LS Swap Town. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Mad Max Fury Road, you know? You got uh, the Bullet Farm and you got Gas Town. Boston Town. And you got the Citadel. Yeah. We're going to gas town because we gotta uh, we gotta gas up the Hiluxes. <laughs> what happens so, if you run out of gas before you get to gas town? Je- I don't know. You don't want to do that. <laughs> you d- don't. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so in Afghanistan, you see plenty of them. They were used a lot by the Taliban, but lately, like recently, until the Afghan army, until there was more of a centralized government, uh, the Afghan army having one. Uh, there, there really weren't a lot of technicals because they got the shit blown up out of them constantly, uh, especially by American uh, air power and uh, armor. Now, 
Iraq is a special case because Iraq was, you know, using technicals when we had like, I don't want to say like there was an actual fight on the hands, but you know, you had, they had tanks, uh, our, like actual tanks. They did. They had tanks. Um, they also had a shitload of technicals. Uh, Uday and Kuse, it turned out, loved technicals. They were all about it. They loved the idea of put some, you know, put a, a rocket, put a machine gun, put all this shit in the back of a truck and just go fucking haywire on, on some people. And a, and as we said, a technical works fantastic when you're fighting other technicals and you know what you're doing. Uh, Uday and Kuse had no idea what the fuck they were doing, obviously. Uh, but, all the, the, you know, they're the... the Eric and Don Trump Jr. of the Hussein family, you know, they have, they're like really dumb guys who have a lot of power and you're like, God damn it. They're going to get themselves killed being stupid and go figure they did. Um, just, you know, what ends up happening when you happen to be the son of a dictator in the Middle East and not in America. So, so to clarify, just from the notes, Francis, Uday and Kuse loved technicals so much they decided to ride them into battle. Well, Uday and Kuse decided to put, uh, send their technical fleets into battle. Because they saw how well technicals worked in Somalia. Now, if you will think back, Somalia did not use technicals because they got blown up very easily. So Uday and Kuse watched Black Hawk down and decided that looks really cool and sent their people that sent their people to go fight American armor, American A-10s with technicals. It did not work out very well. <laughs> he also sent them in, and uh, one of the pictures I'll send you guys for the, the slideshow is uh, a rendering of one of those guys in the technicals because not only did they just send technicals against American armor, they made them all wear Darth Vader helmets. What? Like, if you look at the Dar- <laughs> if you look at the the Darth Vader helmet, but you took like all of the the face part off of it, and you just had that that black that black you know helmet on top that kind of uh, flares out down at the bottom. They offered absolutely no protection whatsoever, but they looked cool. So not so much Darth Vader as Dark Helmet. Uh, (laughs) i love to be boiling my entire fucking cranium in a black helmet in the middle of the desert with no roof do we look cool do we look cool (laughs) at 109 degrees fair you look you look really cool as that uh you know the geo uh gau8 from a a10 machine gun cuts your fucking truck in half I'm just laughing because, I mean, I realize I must have misread the show notes because I understand now where you're coming from. But, I mean, I had thought, based on your description, that Hude and Kuse had died fighting on technicals. And I just had this vision of just, like, just sloppy Middle East fail sons just being like, oh, happy day. Oh, what a lovely day. <laughs> and you know what it would literally have been had they done that? Is it would have been the other guys aiming for the bushes, you know? We just, we can survive <laughs> this job. <laughs> Yeah, Uday and Kuse would have been way cooler if they had died, like, you know, at, at the trigger of a machine gun. You know, I could, you can respect a, a guy for falling in battle rather than being like, hey, you guys go and also put on Darth Vader helmets so you look cooler hmm. while you die. Well, RIP to some real ones, I guess. <laughs> they gave us permission to be weird. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want to say too much, but really, Uday and Kuse, when I was feeling really low about myself, they really helped me pick myself up, and, you know, I'll, I'll always remember that. <laughs> yeah, how did they die? They got blown up, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they were in, they were in yeah, like, I, a, I, a house with, like, and, and yeah. then they got, like, surrounded by special forces, I think. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's bitch-made. Don't go out like that. <laughs> <laughs> And go out painting your body perfectly silver and just screaming. <laughs> well, like I, I think it, I think it can potentially be based to get surrounded, providing you do the butch and Sundance thing, which I don't believe they did. I think they just blew up the house. I mean, yeah, we we don't we don't mince a lot of uh, time and words. And if there's civilians around, well, mm. they're not considered civilians if you're hanging out with Uday and Kuse wearing Darth Vader helmets. I wouldn't know where the they car, sourced a bunch the, of Darth Vader just, helmets. Like if there if there's a spirit Halloween that opened up, you just in, go to the Darth Vader helmet Kabul. town in Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm I am sad for the civilians, if only because it decimated the cast of Iraqi entourage. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> All right, so uh, so post Iraq, you know, technicals are still being uh, highly used, and uh, Libya once again back uh, back on the technical game. And they have entire warehouses that are dedicated to experimenting with uh, putting all kinds of different things. You'll find everything from like four-barreled uh, anti-aircraft, you know, the ZU uh, uh, heavy 
heavy anti-aircraft guns that basically they just crank them down so that they're pointing down so you can engage, you know, a thing that's supposed to take out a, a, a literal helicopter is like, shoot those guys in that bush over there. Oh, my, um, this reminds me very strongly of my favorite piece of war footage, which was from Syria, which was, um, the, you know, the smallest kind of Toyota van, the tiny, tiny one with the little, like, uh, the little cab, and they use it for like, it's like a K van, but smaller. Um, I think yeah, so. I'm yeah. trying to remember the name of it. Oh, those yeah, things are like a little, little Isuzu or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And they had the uh, the ZU23 in the back of one of those. And the guy firing it, he could do two shots, and they had propped the wheel with a brick. And then they had to wait for it to like untip over because it would elevate like forty-five degrees in the air, <laughs> blasting <laughs> this truck over every time. And so you would just hit bang, bang. Long wait for it to like come back down again. <laughs> Reset. I mean, because that's the thing, right? I remember seeing this with the. Gotta get yeah. ballast, man. The Polish army have um, self propelled howitzers that are on the same frame as this vehicle they call Rosamach, which is like a. If you've seen a striker, it's like a big striker. It's like a huge eight wheeled vehicle. And yeah, when they fire the howitzer on that, they have to like extend out these little robot feet that balance <laughs> it against the ground because otherwise, yeah, it's like you can't, even with the, the e brake on firing a howitzer with a wheeled vehicle is just going to move it around and shit. So yeah, I can only imagine in a, in a, like a Daihatsu high jet or whatever, <laughs> you're fucking shooting an anti-aircraft gun out of it. Yeah. The, I, I think one of the videos that I saw was a MLRS multi-launch rocket system in the back of one. And they fired all the rocket pods, but the way that it was, the, the way that it was, you know, I guess, situated it basically caught the entire cab on fire oh no <laughs> uh, there was there was nobody in it thankfully uh or unthankfully i don't know if it was you know whose side it was but it's just this fantastic you watch it go off and then you watch what starts to happen you're like there's literally nothing that can be done you just have to wait for all of the rockets to stop firing and then walk away because your shit's on fire now <laughs> my favorite beach boy cd was in there <laughs> so what am I gonna, how am I going to listen to Pet Sounds now? Is the Tahir Inshat quadcopter food truck, or a fruit truck, a, uh, a technical? If you order a gun from Amazon and an Amazon drone delivers it to you, is it a technical? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, our, uh, that, that's everything that we have, the, the basic history of the technical up until now, uh, and, and everything that we have that uh, we're trying to figure out, is it a technical? So I think uh, we can bring in Alice's Does It Void the Warranty? Uh, was it built for this or was it not built for this? And it's got to be on it's got to be on land. Uh, no helicopters, no uh, airplanes, and no PT gunboats. Unless you are driving, if you're just taxiing a uh, like an F thirty five down a highway and using the forward machine gun to shoot things, <laughs> then it becomes a technical. But as soon as you lift off, not a technical anymore. Is a hover so would a hovercraft the- be a technical? Is it on land or not? Yeah, but it's it's it, it is floating, yes, right? Yes, yes. No, I'm no, I'm I'm giving. If you could put if you put a machine gun on a hovercraft, it's no. I, this is why the Tahir Inshat one is interesting because it's a quadcopter, but it's tethered with a cable ah. to a battery on the ground. Uh, Bizarro world, uh, giant whatever Chinese bus concept that was supposed to go over the highways. Oh yeah. Can that be a technical? What if the what if the what was it the ZU twenty three or whatever mounted inside the the Daihatsu high jet? Fired three times and achieved liftoff. Would it then <laughs> it not would be, be a technical for the first two shots and not for the third? <laughs> if you used in a chronoplane on a very flat desert, <laughs> if you were firing an AK forty seven from the plane from Lord of War that landed on the highway in Central Africa, is that only if it's moving? Well, exactly, because as soon as you leave something where it is, then it's an in-place pillbox. And, you know, like a when when, when we gave, uh, well, we sold a bunch of M1 Abrams tanks to the Afghan army, or to the Iraqi army. I'm sure the Afghans have some somewhere as well. But I was talking to the contractors as they're unloading them off the boat at the uh, port of Umkasar. I was like, so how useful are these actually going to be? He's like, oh, these are going to be pillboxes. They're going to they're gonna drive them to a place. Uh, they're going to put them there. 
and they're going to pop out of the hatches and shoot machine guns because they're not going to keep up the actual firing systems and the main the main gun will not work. So, But whoever built that fucking tank in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania made like $19 an hour. So you know what? The circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> One day it'll be taken by ISIS and ISIS seems to have all of the, uh, all of the really brainy, uh, I guess, tank guys because they get all that shit running. Uh, you know, that's why ISIS comes at us with our own MRAPs and our own Humvees and our own, uh, you know, just every vehicle, which is another circle of life, which is where, you know, American taxpayer dollars sells MRAPs to the Iraqi army, which then gets stolen by ISIS, uh, and then a bunch of ISIS flags put on it. And then an American A-10 has to shoot that, uh, that MRAP and destroy it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I remember doing the math on this and it was kind of ending the episode on a downer, but it's always kind of funny too that people complain so much about, like, oh, well, how will we afford free college in America? And it's like, you know, I had my undergraduate, most of my undergraduate education paid for by the Army because I was an ROTC cadet and I also went to grad school on the GI Bill. And if you took all of the money, even if I had stayed in grad school long enough to get a PhD on the GI Bill, all of the money I would have gotten is less than the total cost of one Humvee, which is $300,000 new. Never mind the cost, you ship it to Afghanistan or ship it to Iraq, donate it to the Iraqi army, and then deploy using the cost of flight hours and a 500-pound JDAM, send a fighter plane to drop a bomb on once ICE steals the Humvee and is driving it around, making it into, well, a SV bid. If an SV bid wasn't the original design, then maybe it's a technical. Hmm. A one-shot only technical. Yeah, a a one-shot, a a zip gun technical. (laughs) You can use it once. Don't fuck it up. (laughs) All right. Anyway. That's our episode. Um, before Francis does the final sign-off, I just want to say, Liam, Justin, Alice, thank you so much once again for coming on What a Hell of a Way to Die. And, uh, oh, yeah. Thanks for having us on. All of our fans listening. Thanks for having us. We will link to their main feed. Please listen to Well, There's Your Problem. It is an incredible show. Yeah. Lots of, uh, lots of great stuff. If you like to listen to three people make fun of how we keep fucking things up in engineering, that's, uh, that's Well, There's that's Your Problem. That's us. <laughs> yeah. And uh, thank you for coming on. I've uh, enjoyed for the last month uh, reading and obsessing over Toyota Technicals, and I feel like I can finally put it to rest. I can finally sleep my thousand year sleep, uh, <laughs> at least until I get like really into some other insane thing. Because what else do we all have to do while we're all locked inside due to COVID? Maybe we could do an episode on jingle aviation. <laughs> the old Soviet Mi 17s get repurposed as fuck all anything vehicles in Afghanistan, because that's 100% a thing too. Uh, I just, if you guys didn't know that, they, 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 uh, they, let's just say those things are flown without any warranty whatsoever in Afghanistan, uh, covered in soot, looking like shit, sometimes with amazing stencil art. And, uh, awesome. yeah, you gotta, you gotta give, you gotta give a lot of props to the Afghans who get into that shit and just like, yeah, let's do it. And to the people who do okay. the art, you have to give, you have to give props to the jinglers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bouncing out the perfect jingler that won't get covered in soot from the just incredibly distressed engines that are still running somehow. <laughs> thank you all for being Patreons. Please go listen to Well, There's Your Problem. Uh, thank you for being Patreons for us. Thank you for your support. And we will talk to you all next week. Zoom, zoom.